All right, let's pray. Father, we thank you. You're a good God. We thank you that you love us, that you only desire good things for us. Holy Spirit, we pray, come and fill this place now in the name of Jesus. Fill this place to overflowing, we pray. Fill it with your power and your presence. Fill this place with your love. Fill each one of us afresh. In Jesus' name. Amen. Today we're talking about healing. And healing is one of those fun subjects when you start talking about it because it tends to invoke controversy, both inside and outside the church, quite incredibly. In fact, it's one of those subjects that I find people probably get the most passionate about. And they have the strongest views about whether they're biblical or not. And a large part of that is because it's something that is very confrontational. It's something that is a reality. And, and the challenge is, I guess, is if you say that God heals all the time and there are situations where people don't get healed, then people say, how can that be? Because you see, if you have a stance that God heals all the time and that God is always right and God is always consistent and something doesn't happen, then the problem obviously can't be with God. And if the problem's not with God, that only leaves one other alternative, doesn't it? The person sitting next to you. No? Okay. The one across the aisle? It brings it back to us, doesn't it? And we don't like people to know our weaknesses and failings, do we? We don't like others knowing our shortcomings. So rather than going, there's something wrong with me and I have to change, it's easier to go, no, that can't be right. So therefore it has to be God. And so theology comes out of that. And people get a healing theology out of that. Or, you know, my great aunt May was... a really godly person and she really loved God and she went to church all the time, but she died. So therefore, it can't be right. Because she was a good person. Or we prayed for this person and they didn't get better. So therefore, it can't be right. right, it's just the presence of God coming. (laughs) And so we build our theology on experience. And when I was at Bible college, we had a, I can't remember what the subject of the class was, but um, my lecturer at that time really liked to stir people up and have a good debate. Um, Probably still does. And uh, he knew I was in the class, and he knew my theological stance on healing. And so he set one of the tutorials being that around healing. The subject was something to do with humility and things like this. I think, I think the subject went something like, um, boldness is asking God to heal. 
Humility is accepting his answer. And by the end of the day, hopefully you know why I have a problem with that. Because it sounds spiritual, doesn't it? Doesn't it sound spiritual? That boldness is asking God, but humility is accepting his answer. But it's actually highly flawed. If you don't understand by the end, let me know, and I'll explain to you why we had a toe-to-toe debate for a whole hour. And he enjoyed it, and I enjoyed it. I don't know if anyone else enjoyed it. But what we found was, I got into that debate, and about five minutes into debating it, because it's tutorial, supposed to debate these things, is people were giving experiences. Well, you know, my Aunt May, or my Uncle Bob, or this person in our church, or that person in our church. And I got five minutes and I went, whoa, 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 hold on. You can, I'm sure you can give me a dozen examples of where people didn't get healed. And I can give you a dozen examples of where I have seen people healed. And we can argue back and forward our experience, but our theology is not to be based on our experience. So I said, I tell you what, if we're going to have this debate, let's have it over the Word of God. That we won't discuss what's happened to us in the past. What we will discuss is what does God's Word say. It changed the whole situation. I remember one of the guys saying to me at the end of it, he said, um, you know, I came in and I thought I knew what I thought about healing. He said, you've convinced me to go back and have another look at what God says about healing. And this is the thing when it comes to healing. You cannot base your theology upon your experience. If your experience does not match up with what God's Word says, then God's Word is not going to change. Your experience and your theology has to change. It's like salvation. We don't question salvation. We don't question that Jesus died and rose again for us. And that the only way to heaven is by believing on him, confessing with your mouth and believing with your heart that Jesus is Lord, that he died and rose again. We don't question that, do we? And we can't change our theology if our best friend dies and hasn't accepted Jesus. It doesn't matter how much we change our theology, it doesn't matter how much we change what we believe, the fact still stands that if someone dies and they don't believe in Jesus, they don't go to heaven. Now that's uncomfortable. That's confronting. It should inspire us enough to get up out of our seats and get out there and tell somebody about Jesus. Still knocks me a bit about that, how it doesn't with most of the church. But as uncomfortable as it is, that is the fact of the gospel. You either accept or reject Jesus. There's no middle ground. There's no, oh, well, God's good, so therefore he wouldn't send anyone to hell. God is not sending anybody to hell. He offers everybody the choice to come to heaven or hell. If people reject Jesus, then they're choosing to go to hell. It's not him sending them. Just because you offer something doesn't mean people receive it. But you know what? Healing is the same. Because the word salvation comes out of a word called sozo. 
And sozo means to be made whole spiritually, mentally, and physically. In other words, to be made whole in every part of your being. And as a church, we got really good at accepting the spiritual wholeness because you can't see that, can you? So therefore, it must have happened because we can't see it. And so we focus on that. But Jesus didn't just came to save us spiritually. He came to save us physically and mentally as well. There is actually no room for sickness and disease in the kingdom of heaven. And Jesus said that the kingdom of heaven is here and now. That that was what he brought to to earth. But he didn't just bring a bit of the kingdom of heaven. He brought the kingdom of heaven to earth. He brought spiritual salvation. He brought physical salvation. And he brought mental salvation. It was a package deal. Our problem is we only open one compartment. Because the others are too hard. You know what Jesus said? He used to get people, and there was a guy bought home, and you know, the guy that let down through the roof. And, and they laid him on the mat before Jesus. And Jesus said to him, Your sins are forgiven. And all the Pharisees go, oh, blah, blah, you can't forgive sins, blah, 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 blah. He didn't say to the guy he was healed. He forgave his sins. He gave him salvation. Because what that person needed most was to be healed inside. And you know what I found out? That as someone gets healed inside, they start to get healed on the outside. When that guy realized he was saved, and they're all going, blah, 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 Jesus said, which is easy to say. Your sins are forgiven or to get up, rise up and walk. What he was saying, it's harder to say your sins are forgiven because they have an eternal consequence. Physical sickness only has a temporal consequence. Yeah? This is easier to say, actually get up and walk. I was dealing with the tough stuff first. Now we do the easy stuff, get up, walk. See, we've got it all wrong. We think physical, mental healing is more difficult, spiritual healing is easy. Did anybody not walk here today? All right, has anyone injured themselves where they had to hobble? Any time in their life, kick the toe, you know, done an ankle, everybody. Cool, but yet we all walked here today absolutely normally, right? Walked from our cars into the auditorium, no worries, yeah? Back when you kicked your toe, broke an ankle, did you sin? Were you at that time committing any sin in your life? Not at that specific time, but you know, in that era, in that year, Cool. Has anybody committed any sin this, this week? See, so which is easy to deal with, the physical or the spiritual? It 
Funny, isn't it? We have this twisted view of God and his healing for us. It's actually a bigger deal to get spiritually healed than it is to get physically healed. Physical healing is actually called the milk. Do you know that? Because it's one of the gifts, and they're called the milk. In other words, the baby stuff, the easy stuff, the stuff you can do when you first become a Christian. The meat of God's word are the fruits of the Spirit. You know, like love. Loving people who don't deserve to be loved. Joy, when you don't feel very joyful. Peace, when your life is in turmoil. Patience, oh, that's a fun one, isn't it? <laughs> Kindness to those people who you just don't want to be kind to. You know, I got some really lovely emails this week. Really nice ones, and you know, you just do what the Bible says and you bless them. Goodness. Oh, goodness. <laughs> Faithfulness. And then that real beauty right at the end, self-control. See, that's the heavy stuff, isn't it? Because that's the character stuff. That's the stuff sometimes nobody else sees. That's the stuff that's inside you that's between you and God often. That's the heavy stuff. Things like healing is actually the easy stuff when it comes to God. And we have this twisted view. We have this, oh, no, no, it can't be that. It must be this. It's just a lie of the devil. Let me run you really quickly through healing. In the beginning, God, so God was always there, right? We're okay with that one? He created the earth. And at the end of six days, he didn't just say everything was good. He said everything was very good. In other words, he was happy. It was looking good. The world was looking good. There was people, there were animals, there were birds, there was everything. Everything was very good. And then a little while later, it got not so very good. Because mankind sinned. Now, it's interesting that everything that God made was very good, and yet when we sin because of temptation by the devil, suddenly things became not very good, and sickness as a part of sin came into the world. It didn't come in through God, it came in through Satan. You've got to get that really clear in your head, that God did not bring sickness onto the earth. He never has and he never will bring sickness onto the earth because God is good. Sickness is not. So you've got to get out of your head that God has brought this sickness on me. Because he wants to try me and test me. It's, it's a test from God. It's, it's a purifying from God. Yeah, I've, I've heard all these excuses. You know, it's to make me more holy. It's to make me more right. It's to punish me. Let me ask you, if that is true, why do you go to the doctor? If it's punishment from God, or it's to try you and test you, why are you fighting against God's punishment? Why are you fighting against his test by going to the doctor and taking pills to get better? See, theology has to be consistent, doesn't it? 
So what you should be going is, this is from God, I'm gonna lay here in my sickness and misery and just accept it. And we'd all say to someone like that, gee, you're stupid. Why don't you go and see a doctor at once? Get healed. Make sense? All right? It's not from God. God does not bring sickness to keep doctors employed. I mean, thank God for doctors. The church would be wiped out, wouldn't it? But sickness did not and never has come from God. When he made everything, he made it perfect. He made it good, very good. There was no sickness. When it went bad is when sickness came in. Not by God, but by the devil. And his plan for sickness is to take people out before they hear the gospel. So that they die in their sin. And if he can't do that, then he will do it against Christians to make them so self-involved about their sickness that they can't get out there and share the gospel. And I'm sure people can tell you, oh, but when I was sick, I was in the hospital and I got to talk to that person about Jesus and they came to know him. That's fantastic. But you know what? You can go to hospital when you're not sick and still tell people about Jesus. It's just that we're too lazy or caught up in ourselves to go and do this. If you need more evidence, when Jesus came to earth, he says, I came to stomp on the devil. Matthew 8 says that Jesus took up our infirmities and carried our diseases. Infirmities is another word for being sick. Not well in some way. All right? He said, fulfill what Isaiah said. Jesus took up our infirmities and carried out diseases. It said that Jesus regularly only did the will of his Father. What did Jesus do the most while he was on earth? He healed. You can go through Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and what you see is account after account after account after account of people being healed. And it says that he healed all who came to him and asked for healing. There was no exception. Now, if healing was from God, Jesus was doing his will, right? Therefore, if sickness was from God, Jesus would have been working against God. Make sense? And Jesus did not, because he said, I am doing the will of God. I am doing the will of the Father. Therefore, sickness cannot be from God. You have to really get this in your head. That sickness is a part of what we call spiritual warfare. It is from the devil to come onto your life to try and destroy it. Because John 10.10, Jesus said, the devil comes to steal and to kill and to destroy And sickness steals your house, it can kill you, and destroy you and your family. Many families destroyed because somebody gets sick and the person feels like they can't take care of them, and so the family falls apart. Or they get under such financial pressure because they've got to pay for expensive treatment, and the family falls apart because of that. Sickness is of the devil and comes to steal and kill and destroy. Jesus said... In opposite to that, same verse, 
I have come to give you not just life, but life abundance. I don't know about you, but if I feel ill, I don't really feel like life is abundant. Quite the opposite. It feels very unabundant. Do, are we getting this? Do we understand this? That sickness is not from God. It is straight from the pit of hell and designed to take people out so they end up in the pit of hell. It's designed to turn people against God. And the lie that God sends sickness is straight from the pit of hell. Because Satan is a liar, the Bible says, and there is no truth in him. And so he sold this lie to the church to make it all sound spiritual. Oh, God's giving you this sickness so you can be more spiritual. I have yet to find anyone who became more spiritual because they were sick. You know, how do you get spiritual lying in your bed? <gasps> Seriously, I can remember many years ago, about 20 years ago it was, when, and I came really, really ill, and um, <laughs> I was at a pastor's conference, funny enough, got pneumonia, and it went on to, into this, this strange form of whooping cough, and for about three months, it just absolutely took me out. I had absolutely no energy, I was absolutely just wiped out, all I could do was lay in bed, it nearly killed me twice. Because with whooping cough, it's not like in your, in your chest, and your lungs, it's actually in your airways. And if it hadn't been someone there to assist me on those two occasions, I probably would have died. It did not edify me and make me more like Jesus. It was out to kill and to destroy me. And it was in that time that I picked up my Bible, and yes, I learned a lot about God because I started reading, even when I didn't feel like it, I started reading and reading and reading about healing and what God says about healing. And then, and I realized in that time that if there was a problem with me being healed, it was not with God, it had to be with me. And this is the thing, if you are not seeing God's healing power in your life, then the problem is not God's end. It's our end. And let me tell you why. This is what I discovered in that time. That as I read and I read and I read, I discovered that Jesus has actually done everything you need to have your healing right now. He's already done it. A lot of that comes out of 1 Peter 2, 24. 1 Peter 2, 24 says... Let me give you the paraphrased version. It says, Jesus bore our sins in his body when he was crucified. So he took our sins, that we might be free from our sin and live in righteousness. We're okay with that so far, right? That's pretty standard theology. Jesus died, took our sins so we could live in righteousness. But the next part of the verse is the bit that sort of gets ignored. And it says, by the stripes that Jesus bore, we were healed. Not that we are healed or that we're going to be healed. It says that we were healed. Now let me ask you this. Is Jesus going to do anything more to get you saved? He's not because he's already actually done everything he's done. 
He's actually given you everything you need to be saved. You just have to receive it, right? It's actually the same for healing. Because that word salvation, getting back to the start, means to be made whole spiritually, physically, and mentally. To be made completely whole. He's done everything he is going to ever do for you to be completely healed. So if he's done everything he needs to do, then where's the issue? It has to be our end, doesn't it? We haven't received it. We haven't put ourselves in a position where we can receive what he's given. It's the Christmas tree illustration over again. You know, if I, if I get a, a beautiful ring for my wife for Christmas, you know, a nice big diamond ring and wrap it up all pretty, you know, get the shop to wrap it because then it will be all pretty, not me. You know, put a nice big card on there to my lovely wife, Merry Christmas. And then I stick it under the tree. I have given the gift. When I put that gift under that tree, it's given. The onus is now upon my wife to go to the tree, to pick up the gift, and to receive it. I can't do anything more to give her that gift. It's given. It's out of my hands and in hers. And if she never, ever picks up that gift, then she will never receive it. Jesus is the same. He has given us the gift of salvation. He has given us the gift of healing. He has placed it under the tree, the cross. It's up to us to go and to pick it up. The problem is that we only pick up part of it. We pick up the spiritual salvation bit and we leave the rest of it behind. We only unwrap the end of the box and pull what's at that end and leave the rest of it there. We need to unwrap the rest of the box. People say to me, well, how do you unwrap the rest of the box? You start to eat it. You have to eat it. Feed on it. You see, God's word is how you receive salvation. Isn't it? Somebody told you that Jesus loves you. Somebody told you that he died on the cross for you. Somebody told you that he came back to life. Somebody told you that you could go to heaven, that you could live your life with Jesus inside you, that you could be free from your sin and your guilt and your shame, that he took all of that on the cross. Somebody told you because that is the word of God. And you heard it and you believed it. And you asked Jesus into your life. That's how you get saved. What they may not have told you was that at the same time, you could get healed. That at the same time, you could be free from things like depression. And you know how sometimes you have to feel like you fight for your salvation? That you don't feel very saved? 
Ever had that feeling? You don't feel saved. You know that you are, but you don't feel it. It's a down day. And so the way around that is you remind yourself what God says about you, that you are his child, that you are his creation, that Jesus died for you. It's the same when it comes to your healing. Sometimes you don't feel healed. It doesn't change the fact that you are. Does that make sense? You can't live your Christian life by your experience. Your experience has to start lining up with the Word of God. Because you're not saved and you're not healed by what you feel. You are saved and you are healed by what the Word of God says about you. When the Word of God says that whether you feel saved or not, you are. No, no, some people come forward and you pray the prayer with them and they ask Jesus into their life and they're just radically transformed and they, they feel God and it's a joyous experience. And other people come forward and you pray the prayer and they go, is that it? There's no emotion, there's no feeling. Is one more saved than the other? No. Because it's not about feeling. You know what? Healing is exactly the same. You can come forward and say, I feel really lousy and we pray for you and you can still feel like you aren't healed. You can still have the symptoms happening in your body. But the fact is that you are healed. Sometimes it happens instantly. Sometimes it takes a little bit of time for you to have that outworking in your life. Just like salvation. You know, you don't come forward, give your life to Jesus, and suddenly everything's perfect, is it? You walk out there and, you know, you used to swear like a trooper before and suddenly you stop swearing. It doesn't happen like that, does it? You used to be an angry person beforehand. Gee, I'm still angry afterwards. Does that mean you're not a Christian? No, it doesn't. It means that salvation is doing its work in you. It's called sanctification, if you want a big technical word. That you are saved, but salvation is being, it's working its way through you. You know, it's like if you take a vitamin pill. You don't suddenly go, oh. It has to work its way through you. You know, you go to the doctor, and they give you 20 pills if you've got some you know, disease or whatever it is, and you take these antibiotics, there's 20 pills in there, but the end of it should feel better. You get to about 15 pills, and you start to feel a bit better. You go back to the doctor, he gives you a second dose. So you're taking 40 pills. By the end of the 40 pills, you're all better. Did you feel better when you took your first pill? No. But you were being made better from that very first pill because it started to do its work in you. That's how it is with God. He's just more reliable and has no side effects. <laughs> or if he has them, they're really good ones. You yeah, yeah. see, so we expect everything to be instant. I can remember this lady we prayed for, um, you know, she's from New Zealand. She was over, and we actually prayed for something totally different. And she was deaf in one ear. And I didn't know this. We just prayed for her. We are praying about something totally different. Anyway, next day she got in a plane, went back to New Zealand, and she rang her son back here and said, by the way, um, I got healed, I'm completely healed, my ear. It was the next day. She'd been deaf for like 15 years. 
I know that when I was really ill and I started discovering this stuff, and I'm reading it, I'm reading it, I still had the symptoms. But I started to believe what God's word says, I still had the symptoms. And I had a choice, either God's word is right or my circumstances are right. I chose to go with God's word. And they came and they took all my blood and I'm telling you what, I didn't feel like a great witness then when they're, you know, lighting the vials up across the tray trying to work out what was wrong with me and they're doing all these tests and, and you know, you're feeling absolutely lousy and, and we'd had 11 young people saved on a camp just before I got sick and they were all getting baptised and I couldn't go and baptise them because I was too ill and um, missed the whole thing and, you know, and... But I'm reading the Word of God going, you know, I don't care what my circumstances say, I don't care what my symptoms say, by the stripes of Jesus, I've been healed. And if I were healed, that means I am healed. Yeah? And I spoke it, and I spoke it, and we were supposed to go to New Zealand for a holiday, and... Um, they weren't going to let me out of the country unless they could work out what was wrong with me. And, you know, this was all coming up and we're getting closer to the date. And I'm going, I don't care. By Jesus' stripes, I'm completely healed. And I'm speaking it and I'm speaking it. And then one day, I woke up and it was gone. Just completely gone. I felt healthy as a horse. Got up. Went back to life as normal. Had to go back to the doctor because they had all these tests. He said, oh, we finally worked out what's wrong with you. And it's this form of whooping cough. It's supposed to go on for months. It was gone. We had a great holiday. Middle of the holiday, got sciatica. Ever had sciatica while you're trying to drive around the country? It's not fun. I think it was, was New Year's Eve or Christmas, or New Year's Eve. I'm lying on the floor in this people's house that we were staying in, and they weren't there. They'd gone away and said, look, come use our house. It's nice having rallies all over the place that you can go and stay with and things. And I'm lying on this floor in pain, and it's been two days of absolute pain, all down my left side. And Dallas hasn't had enough of this. She comes over, prays for me, completely healed. Gone, just like that. So I think it doesn't heal like that just in case you're wondering. But it does where God's concerned. We had a meeting in Kalgoorlie, and, and God said, I want you to give, um, he gave me a word of noise where God speaks to you and tells you things, and he says, there's people here with one leg short on the other. Now, I didn't know this was a big deal. I, I grew up, and I knew a lady who had um, polio, and so she had like a club foot. That was the closest I've ever been to things, and I thought it was, you know, that's what happened, and so I did an article, 15 people came forward with one leg short on the other. So this is a big deal in life. Can you imagine going through life? Maybe that's you, one leg short on the other. So God says, okay, let's pray for them. So we started praying for them. All 15, we saw their legs grow. We had one guy, his leg was about that much shorter. Quite incredible. So we sat him on a chair, put his legs up together, it was like this. And as we prayed, it grew right in front of us. One of the coolest things I've ever seen. This is God. You see, the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And so if you have sickness in your life, it's not God, it's the devil. Because nobody feels like a strong Christian when they're not well. 
It's logical, isn't it, when you think about it? So my challenge to you, my word to you today is this. Just like you receive salvation by faith, you can receive healing by faith. And it doesn't matter what your situation is and how long you've had it, you can receive healing by faith. And I found this, that it's really important to understand that sometimes it happens instantly, sometimes it takes a little bit longer. I will tell you the story that I think she received prayer for about six months for your knees. She had this lovely word that I can't remember, so I call it spongy kneecaps. And the doctor said to her, if you're a horse, I would have shot you. Don't you love doctors? <laughs> She'd had an operation on both knees, but had, they couldn't do a thing for her. She couldn't run. She couldn't jump. And she read prayer over six months. What's interesting, though, is over that six months is that God started to heal her on the inside and deal with a whole lot of stuff on the inside. And then when he'd done his work there, her knees were healed like that. One of the best memories I have is actually going back to to this camp where we knew there were these people who um, did not believe that God healed. And Dale, running across, grabbing one of those, you know, like... Um, had an obstacle course thing, grabbing one of those ropes and just swinging across and jumping across these logs and they're all standing there going. Because they knew her story. She was in the church when she was going around on crutches. You've got to stand on God's word. Just like for your salvation, you've got to stand on God's word. When it comes to healing and going, it doesn't matter what my symptoms are, by Jesus' stripes, I'm healed. I'm not saying get off your medication just because you got prayed for. Don't do yourself damage. Let your faith grow. Let your faith increase to the point where you see it manifest in your life. Just like with your salvation, where you want to see that manifest in every area of your life, those points that you struggle, maybe you know, struggling with anger or whatever it is, and you know, over time it starts to deal with it as you start to deal with it before God. It's the same with your sickness. As you start to deal with it before God, he will deal with it through you and he brings healing. Sometimes it's instant, sometimes it takes time. The point is, you've got to hold on to him. And you've got to stand on his word. And you've got to pray the word. And you've got to speak the word. And it doesn't matter how you feel. And you can't go back. Oh, I don't feel like being healed today. I don't feel like, it's like saying, I don't feel like I'm saved today, so I mustn't be. What if Jesus comes back right then? You know what I mean? But you're no less saved, are you? You're just not appropriating it into your life. It's the same with healing. You're actually no less healed. You just haven't had it appropriated into your life yet. And the funny thing is that I actually can't have faith for you for your healing. One of the biggest frustrations when you move in this ministry is you can't have people's faith for them. Now people come forward, oh, maybe God will do something. If you don't have faith for God to bring healing, then start to get faith for God to bring healing in your life. By taking the word of God and speaking on it and putting it into your life and putting it, speaking it, speaking it, speaking it, reading it, speaking it, seeing it until it's a part of your life. And then you'll see it. It's what I had to do. 
I grew up in a very, very, very conservative church where you prayed, if it be God's will. There's no faith in if it be God's will. It's either God's will or it's not. Which brings me back to that debate that I had with my lecturer. You know, where he said, you know, to boldness is to ask, humility is to accept God's answer. That's absolute rubbish. Boldness is to go into the throne of heaven, the courts of heaven, and to say, Jesus has done this, and I plead the blood of Jesus over my life that says I am saved, I am healed, and I am set free. And humility says, it's God. It's not me because I can't do a thing about it except stand on his word. Accept God's. God's already given his answer. It's right here. By the stripes of Jesus, you were healed. There's no black and white on that. It's all white. Think of yourself as a rabbit. It's all white. <laughs> That's God's word. That's God's answer. So you don't have to pray, if it be your will, you say, I thank you, Father, it is your will. That I am completely healed. That nothing is impossible for you. That by the stripes of Jesus, I am healed and made whole and walking in your abundant blessings. I am saved and set free. And when your circumstances rise up, you just save those circumstances, you get back under the blood of Jesus. You spirit of infirmity, we bind you in the name of Jesus. Because you have the authority to bind and loose according to the word of God. And don't let your circumstances dictate. Don't let them run your life. Because they will if you let them. And you know what will happen sometimes? It will bring up a whole lot of hurts and a whole lot of pain. But you've got to deal with that. Because that's actually what God is more concerned about. Is your broken heart. Luke chapter 4, 18, Jesus came to heal the broken heart. And if you've got a broken heart, it'll manifest itself in physical ways. And what we do often is to protect ourselves is that we put this hard barrier around it because it hurts. But the problem is that hard barrier doesn't stop the physical manifestations, does it? You gotta let God deal with the inside. And then He can deal with the outside. You gotta let Him heal you on the inside so He can heal you on the outside. You don't have to carry that stuff because He came to set you free and give you abundant life. And abundant life is not carrying a broken heart, a broken spirit. Abundant life is being healed and made whole. And so long as you've got to keep going back to that well and keep drinking it and drinking it and drinking it until you're healed. But know that no matter what your circumstance, no matter what your symptoms, Jesus loves you and seeks to heal you. That he seeks for you the abundant life. Let's just bow our heads.
if you're sitting here and you have either a sickness in your body of some form, an illness, something that's stopping you being who God made you to be. Maybe you've just accepted it over the years or maybe it's a new thing. This can be the start of God healing you and setting you free. I encourage you now, now, just place your hand upon that part of your body, if you can, that needs healing. Just place your hand there now, whatever the situation is. And as you've heard the word of God, it starts to release faith in your life. So start to release your faith in agreement. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to pray and I'm going to agree with you. And it says where two or three agree in the name of Jesus, it's done. So we're going to agree together. I'm going to release my faith and I need you to release your faith. And when you walk out of here, whether the symptoms are better or not, you walk out going, I am healed by the stripes of Jesus. And you speak over that situation, I am healed by the stripes of Jesus. And if that symptom comes back, you speak over it and say, I am healed by the stripes of Jesus. So right now, Father, in the name of Jesus, I speak to every sickness and disease in this place, and I command it to be healed in the name of Jesus. Lord, I even speak to those who may be listening through the recording. Lord, I speak to them right now that they be healed right now in the name of Jesus. We speak to the spirit of infirmity, and we command you off God's people in the name of Jesus. And we command complete healing, complete wholeness in the name of Jesus. To every symptom and sign of sickness and disease and infirmity, we speak to you right now and we break you off in the name of Jesus and command you to lift off in Jesus' name. And we speak healing and wholeness. Healing and wholeness in the name of Jesus. Healing and wholeness right now in the name of Jesus. We speak to oppression right now, and we command you off in the name of Jesus. We speak to depression right now, we command you off in the name of Jesus. Amen. All right. If you feel like you want us to lay hands on you at the end of the service and to to pray for you, happy to do that. But I want to encourage you, when you walk out of here, to speak God's word over your situation. 1 Peter 2, 24. Just speak it. By the stripes of Jesus, you were healed. Matthew chapter 8. Jesus took up my infirmities and carried my diseases. If he's taken them, what are you doing with them? Yeah? He took them. Bless you. You can head on out, grab a cup of coffee if you want to. If you want prayer, then please come down the front and we're happy to, to pray with you. Spend a bit of time just praying through and standing with you. Otherwise, um... Yeah, grab yourself a coffee, something to eat. The Lord bless you.